This is Market Pathways, your premium guide to global medical device regulation, reimbursement, and policy. Become a part of the global medtech community at mystrategist.com. On this episode of Market Pathways, Stephen Levin, Editor-in-Chief, speaks with Olivier de Aros and Ari Silverman, partners with Mavi Technologies, boutique investment bank that specializes in cross-border China medtech transactions. The trio discuss new Chinese medtech regulations, what this means for the industry, and the possible opportunities. This interview was recorded prior to the new regulations going into effect on June 1st, 2021. I appreciate both of you hopping on this call. You know, Olivia, I had mentioned to Ari that, you know, we've been watching some of the changes in the upcoming uh, device regulations in China that are supposed to become effective June 1st. And just wanted to see if if you guys have a perspective on that, um, because obviously it's, you know, something we continue to follow and would be interested in, you know, getting your perspectives and and any of your colleagues might suggest if you think this is a major impact. By the same token, if you say this is really, you know, this has been talked about for a while, this has been anticipated, it's not that big a deal, you know, I I mean, I, I appreciate your guidance and judgment as to, you know, whether these are significant. And again, particularly for companies that are outside of China looking to do business in China, uh, you know, from a medtech perspective. To try to, to answer your, your, your first question of is it a big deal or not, and, and, and then trying to give some flavor of it, uh, it is a big deal, uh, according to, to my opinion. Uh, I think uh, the, the pace of reform uh, keeps uh, increasing very fast and and in a meaningful manner for medical device in China, in particular for foreign uh, companies, foreign medical device companies looking for uh, registration in China. Um, we can talk about maybe some of the big topics. The first one I would say is, 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 is that I will bring, and, and there's a lot to be said in that domain, is, is uh, and we can bring some of our Chinese colleagues in, 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 to, to go in details, but the, word, the key word is innovation. Innovation, whether it's from China or outside of China, innovation is a priority. Uh, and, and so uh, they facilitate a lot of uh, the procedures for those innovative medical device companies. To the point that, uh, and, and we can try to go into the details with some of our Chinese colleagues, we have now use case of companies, Western companies, who decide to start their clinical trial in China. We knew that it's faster to get patient enrolled in China and probably cheaper, but we always had like concern about, you know, NNP will anyway not validate something that has not been validated in the US. I mean, something, we're talking about innovation, something that is not existing. Right. And, and I think this is also changing. And, and uh, um, so, so to that extent, um, from here, it seems to be something. Can I ask you something on that point? What is the current state with the NMPA regarding clinical data from patients in China versus patients outside of China? In other words, what are the requirements for companies uh, 
that are looking to get med tech, innovative med tech devices, uh, you know, on the market in China, do they are there? Is there an expectation that they need to have uh, Chinese clinical data, or will they accept a certain amount of data collected from outside of China? They will accept. Uh, they will accept some data collected from China, especially for innovative products, and especially also for for, for, for products that are answering uh, uh, what they call serious life-threatening diseases. So they will really facilitate. Uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, just to be clarified, Stephen Olivier is giving you the answer post the uh, order. Was your question post or pre? I'm trying to I'm trying to assess how things have changed. So kind of a, a little bit, kind of compare the current situation and what it's going to be like after yeah, June first. So, so yeah, for example, we have a client which is developing uh, some some mitral uh, valve uh, repair uh, techniques products, and uh, they don't have any Chinese patient data. Uh, they are. Uh, they are classified as an innovative device in China, and they are allowed to 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 to, to come here without any clinical trial. Uh, it's a class three device, you know. It's something that 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 is uh, a few years ago would have required extensive uh, clinical data from China, mm -hmm. from Chinese patients. I see. This is an example. So that's an area where things will change after June first. Yeah, let me. I mean, what I would, what I would like to do is maybe just give a, a step back. I want to, you know, back to your point, Steve, around the transition. Let me let me step back and give a little bit of context about sort of what we're seeing and and where this is coming from. I think that's important to understand. Yeah. Um, in the last eighteen months, uh, China has gone through tremendous changes, and the factors that I think are really compelling here and what's driving a lot of it is unprecedented amount of value creation. If you look, you know, every other week there's another billion dollar IPO. Uh, division of Microport IPO'd for $6 billion. Pejas a wow. billion dollars. I mean, it's just the numbers are, it's unprecedented. It's biotech and medtech, but it's medtech also. Mm -hmm. And so there's an unprecedented amount of, bio, of, of value creation just never seen before. Right, no, I, so, I follow you. Uh, can I can I ask you one? Can I ask you a question on that point? Um, and this is just in the consumer, you know, general commercial press in the U.S. That there are distinctions drawn in certain areas, um, whether those areas are seen as a greater need in China. So therefore, there's going to be more flexibility, if you will, uh, with regard to trade. So in an area like medical devices, yes, where yes. China looks to, you know products outside of you know the US in a way they may not in other other areas does that help uh, medtech or is that distinction not accurate no no it, it, it does but um, but there is another effect of this so because uh, I want to I want to get back to your point Stephen because it's a it's an important one it was something that uh, and something that Olivier had had also mentioned earlier in the call so I'll, I'll come back to this okay the point but when I was gonna the point I was gonna make is that what, what we used to see where the Chinese were looking to invest or maybe even grow aggressively their business outside of China, they now are not feeling as eager to do so. So they're, I'm not saying it's not happening, but this whole of uh, China going global, when you say, look, you know, I've got so much value, I'm so, still underpenetrated right here in my own home market, and by the way, we're growing, and by the way, am I really welcome 
you know, outside, it seems to be. So there's so much to be done here. So what you're seeing is, is a double down on the Chinese opportunity in the Chinese market by China. Now, what, what you're saying and, and, and what Olivia's saying is, is there is still cooperation. By the way, there's still investment, but there is still cooperation. So the Chinese in this order, uh, absolutely one of the themes of this order is recognizing not just innovation, but recognizing foreign innovation. That's explicit in the order. And therefore, how can the Chinese work with foreign innovation and that's where you get, um, you know, the, the the relaxing of constraints on regulatory hurdles, on the clinical trial data, and, and a number of different things. So there's um, there's a context of, um, of of a focus on innovation, as Olivia had said, you know, a, a real doubling down on the China opportunity within China, and a willingness to work and recognize that innovation is coming from the West. And how do we facilitate that for the Chinese market? Okay. And, and to elaborate, uh, yeah, I, I'd like just to, to, if I understood your question, uh, Stephen, on, on the on the on the, the this notion of like categories of uh, technologies, right, uh, on which cooperation is, is is promoted, or categories where we compete, basically, yeah, right, and and so medical device and, and more generally healthcare technologies are probably if, if, if they are probably in the in the red category in the, in the compete category I, I'm not just talking about the, the Chinese vision but the American vision also as it's perceived from here um, nevertheless we bankers uh, are having no problems to do those deals so we our deals are passing through uh, startup procedures called uh, foreign uh, direct investment procedures we we also do small deals, which are, you know, uh, in the range of, of, of $100 million uh, or less. I guess that everything that will be slightly above, like half a billion dollar, $1 billion and above, mm-hmm. will be, um, uh, will be, will be stopped okay. by political, by political, uh, for political reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening so far. This interview will continue after this short message. Market Pathways is the number one publication that covers the people, challenges, and opportunities impacting the global medical device, regulatory, reimbursement, and policy spheres. MyStrategist.com is your digital home to access all of our coverage and read the latest issue of Market Pathways. I have a couple areas, uh, and some of this may be too far into the weeds, um, for you guys, but it may be something that we can address in the future with some Chinese colleagues. But I just made a, a couple of notes, and you, you tell me if I'm getting too too detailed or not. But one area was the whole area of contract manufacturing and the concept of market authorization holders uh, as one area that has been revised by the new rules. Yes. Another was the whole area of type testing flexibility uh, yeah. that seems to have been changed. Um, we've talked a little bit about clinical trial exemptions. That was another area that I had highlighted. And then kind of streamlined pathways. And I'm not just talking about you know emergency use type uh, pathways because of the um, 
because of the pandemic, but also just generally for going to the point that both of you uh, have made about the, the focus on innovative devices, the notion of coming up with uh, uh, streamlined pathways along the lines of what we call in the U.S. like the breakthrough devices, um, you know, that kind of situation. So those are a couple areas that I highlighted. I don't know if either of you, if that the touches on any areas that uh, you know are that either of you think are important as as of June first. Well, I, I I start. Ari, and you interrupt me. You you built up upon it on 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 the notion of uh, market authorization and and uh, there is uh, as you've seen some flexibility that the reforms is bringing. So it's now it's easier, uh, even though you're not the manufacturer of the product, to, 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 to manufacture the product in China. However, uh, the uh, sanctions for lack of compliance with quality standards and, 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 and the overall uh, process compliance are higher, much higher. So, so that's 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 the common theme of what we understand from that before: higher flexibility, higher sanction, mm-hmm. uh, and and um, you mentioned uh, you mentioned the the, the, the Chinese uh, breakthrough innovation uh, pathway. Um, we, we haven't looked at the details, but before the reforms, this, this was already existing. Um, this was uh, streamlining the procedures, mm-hmm. but when we on, on some specific cases for, 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 for our clients, when we when we work together with specialized regulatory uh, consulting companies to, to 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 define those processes, we found out that. All in all, we we will save 20% maybe of the timeline. Okay, uh, it was not very significant, but but this we, we need to 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 look deeper maybe after the reform whether whether this 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 uh, green channel as they call it in China is uh, is is becoming even more efficient than it was uh, before. And Olivia, what do you mean when you? I just want to make sure I'm clear. When you say green channel, what is, what does that mean in China? So it's the it's um, it's a channel that you can access to uh, in front of the NMPA uh, if your product is uh, classified as innovative, and innovative will refer to a certain degree of uh, patents uh, in China, registered in, in, in China. So they will look at the patents. Uh, they will look at also the application. Uh, are you answering, uh, are, are you bringing a solution to a problem which where, where there is a unmet needs? So I think those are two dimensions. Um, we, we should probably look at more details to, to give you, I may, I may be missing one bullet point uh, here, so we, we, with a bit of preparation we, we can be... We no, that, can be that, that's helpful. No, your clarification but, was but very that's, helpful. That's, that's Green Channel, and, and yeah, it looks good. Uh, you have in particular, just like in the US, a preferential communication with the authorities of Beijing. You're basically talking to smarter people who are more reactive and, and uh, more, more empowered for quick decision. Uh, so you have all those benefits also mm-hmm. uh, as being a label green channel, but but you don't save a tremendous amount of time. It's um, we, we we should look at again. Uh, we should do some simulation, but it's, I don't think it's it's going to divide by two. 
uh, your thing. You may you may save 10, 20% of your timeline. I understand. The other is you build that relationship with the authorities that you can re that you can use for the next generation products, and and here is 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 is, is also a very interesting uh, thing. You can learn. You can, yeah. You, 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 the, the learning experience from the authorities is more is more valuable. The other thing I understand is that they increased the penalties. I, I was about to mention. Oh, that. okay. Yeah, I, I was. I was a little about to mention that because that's that's the other side. Is there's they're doing it on a number of different areas. Um, they're they're doing it around. Um, yeah, and we just you know for some of the details around illegal importation, violations of regulation by e-commerce, uh, administrative penalties for overseas registrants and, and their agents. You know, there's a whole list. Um, those who employ personnel who are prevented from, you know, engaging in med device work, that kind of stuff. Like so, but if I again, if I were to step back from the details from way, obviously the details are important, and we can spend some time on that. But if I step back at it, I think there is also there's a whole list of like increased penalties, and I think what's underlying that is the further legitimization and professionalization, if you will, of you know Chinese uh, the Chinese med tech industry. And what that means is by cleaning up uh, and getting rid of bad actors, you know, in a space where again you're seeing strong local players emerge with you know massive market caps, China's again trying to continue to push to uh, further improve uh, the quality of the industry and industry players. And I think that bodes well for if you're if I'm a you know Western MedTech CEO I'm trying to think about what I can do. Some of the messages here for me are China's becoming, you know, I can get more legitimate partners, you know, partners at scale. Things are going to get easier um, because I don't necessarily have to do my trials. I can start thinking about my development program. There's also one of the things Olivia and I talked about um, is, you know, there's even, you know, we could think about an angle. There's an opportunity to, as Olivia mentioned earlier in the call, to, to, to actually use China now as a, as a place for your, as part of your development program. Some advantages, you know, from a regulatory perspective, but also, again, this sort of notion of penalties, keeping out bad, you know, bad players, it only works to, I think, strengthen, you know, the, the nature of the industry. The full article providing analysis of new medtech regulations in China is available in the July issue of Market Pathways. Read strategically on mystrategist.com.